welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I am Jeremy, or Ryan, <laughs> here with Jeremy. Today we're going to be going over five albums that had an impact on both of our lives individually. So we'll each have five albums. This was very hard to pick out for us, just because we listen to so much different music and there's been so many different albums that have seemed to have an impact in different ways. The way I did it, really, was I went back to the CDs that I had and played most when I was younger. Uh, I'm 30 years old. Jeremy is... 37. So there'll probably be an age gap in the selections a little here and there, or they might be the same. I don't know. We don't know each other's. That was part of the uh, project. Yeah, we decided not to let each other know the list. So it should make this podcast interesting. Or have a few surprises into it as well. So the replacement episode went well. Thank you guys for listening to us talk on and on and on for almost an hour. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, listeners. So anyways, I guess... You ready to go? We don't have too much introduction really with this, so if you want to just start with whatever one you want to choose first. My first... I'm ready to be wild. My first choice is, uh, it's not even a very big band. What happened was, basically a friend of mine took me to a show, saw some local hardcore bands, and I ended up going to a place called Concert Connection, shout out to Porno Wayne. Who was the friend? Who was the friend? No, not, not Porno Wayne. Who was the friend that oh, you went to the Oh, who was the, the friend? With? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shane Schultz. Oh, okay. But anyway... And so I grabbed this CD, Shut Down Against All Odds, and that shit fucking changed my life. Came at, like, the perfect time. I was going through some rough shit, and uh, hearing this, like, well, he's, like, four years older than me, I think, now. But at the time, whatever, he's just screaming, pissed off, but positive at the same time. And uh, the sound, man, it was fucking angry. But like I said, it still had, like, hope. I don't, it was, like punk rock but it had that little bit of metallic guitar you know it was like chuggy and the last song on the album was we won't forget which was about rabies so that led me to Warzone, which is one of my favorite bands of all time which was on this list yesterday but then i swapped (laughs) it yesterday for shutdown because i wanted to get to like the root of how i got into hardcore music that was another thing I, I should have said on the intro was I think both of us changed our list three or four times, maybe even more, prior to actually deciding on the end result of the list. Yeah, I think if we did it tomorrow, it, the list could change slightly. Yeah, it could change any day based and on what it is. Like, I could have done this by genre, and still five would have been too little. So oh, to I get, know five all together it was hard to narrow down for me definitely but yeah so that led me into new york hardcore because those dudes were from brooklyn and they were on victory records which if it was on victory records mid late 90s early 2000s ish it's fucking awesome man they had hate breed integrity path of resistance earth crisis like there's so many bands barrier dead was on there i think for a while later on yeah so that's you know that's what got me into that sort of i was trying to think of other victory bands but to this day that's my preferred style i guess of hardcore is fast-paced tough guy-ish kind of shit do you like new york versus california I would prefer New York or now, Boston. I'm an e- like East Coast sound. It's just gotcha. it's dirtier. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's the cold. 
It is. <laughs> I, I No, there's just... You have less. Or there's like one more extra thing to be pissed off about. So if you had to choose between Detroit and New York, would you choose? For I hard- know technically they're both East Coast. For hardcore? But yeah, for hardcore. Because I think they have a different sound to a certain extent. Man, that's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Agnostic I- Front sounds different than Cold as Life. Right. It, but Cold as Life and Earth Mover, Walls of Jerry, like you can tell... They got this is a Detroit sound and it has that metallic sound to it and it's fucking heavy. And today that is what I would probably pick, honestly. I would have to agree with you just you know? because some of my favorite hardcore bands are Detroit bands. So I guess since we started with hardcore, I'll bring out my intro to hardcore. All right. My pick for, I mean, we didn't do like a certain, we had to pick each genre of music or whatever. It just happened to fall that way but anyways so hate breed perseverance was the first hardcore cd that i ever purchased and i didn't even know hardcore was a thing at this time so my brother's dad lived with his friend and they had an older son and i remember he changed his computer screensaver to hate breed one day and he was blaring it in the house and i was like 12 probably and i thought the logo was sweet and liked the music and shit and then i ended up going to two i can't remember if it was camelot or fye at the time and i bought the perseverance cd i had a five disc cd changer as a kid that cd pretty much stayed in there the whole time but that brought me to bands like Cold as Life and Sick of It All and Terror and Scarhead and et cetera, et cetera. All bands I fucking love. Yeah. I also remember buying that album when it came out, but I was... How old were you? When it came out? Oh, you don't know. How old? When, what year did it come out? I think 2001, 2001, 2002, I would have been... I got. I remember buying 11 it. or 12. From Porno Wayne. <laughs> I feel um, like we should give some context on Porno Wayne here so somebody doesn't Google Porno oh, Wayne yeah. and get something real weird. He's just a dude that used to run a record store <laughs> slash head shop um, where we're from in LP in Michigan and like years ago. like Concert connections. 30 years ago and up until the 10, 15 years ago maybe. Anyway, he owned that, and the next store he owned uh, Whispers, which was an adult store. But underneath all the smut, he had vinyl. So that's kind of where I started digging back and in the day. And he would allow, I mean, it didn't matter how old you were. No. Your, parental advisories did not apply. You could buy whatever you wanted. Yeah, he was real cool about that. But so when he, your parents wouldn't buy you Cannibal Corpse, Porno Wayne hook you up. Exactly. Yeah, and I played the shit out of that album myself. I heard Satisfaction before I heard that, but again, that's only because of age. That led me to Satisfaction. Right. Which I would prefer, and I did put on the list. Yeah, I had Satisfaction on there. But then I was like, well, I'm trying to keep it more of the root of things because that, to me, was the initial impact. Right, right. So I went with Perseverance just because it was what I had first and it was my introduction to it. Kind of the reason I went with Shutdown instead of Warzone, actually. But yeah, that's fucking, that's a good introduction to it, man. Jamie Josta comes a long way. Fuck yeah, he is. But it's cool that he's still... A normal Like, if they go to Detroit, they're still hanging out with... 
the last remaining members of yeah. Cold's Life and people that are in that scene still and helping out the new bands and even though like I mean he doesn't have to like the guy sells out festivals he runs well he did run Headbangers Ball yeah, it's when insane he was on how fucking I'm pretty sure he has a podcast big he got he does the Jamie Josta show or something like that I believe that's on like satellite radio too or something yeah yeah he's getting paid to talk yep we do this shit for free somebody pay us please <laughs> all right go ahead with your second all right i'm gonna switch it up a little bit and i'm gonna mention something that i just noticed about my list and when we were talking about east coast west coast everything on my list is east coast except one and i'm like that with hip-hop too i prefer east to west like don't get me wrong there's a million and one great things on the west but if i had to choose like i'd be picking mob deep and wu-tang and Nas exactly. and big l and benny the butcher and that stuff my number two is wu-tang 36 chambers it's dirty it's classic it's east coast i mean that's like that led me to Nas. that led me to tupac that led me to biggie it was just uh i found that when i was 13 because i uh i had to move out from in town i lived uh birchwood metal apartments and my mom i lived in those for a while yeah they're fucking all right man better than the projects so we moved out to uh us 23 north fucking sucked you know so i got a disc man and i i don't even i don't know if i saw um, some on tv or how i don't know how but that did not leave my debt entire junior high and to this day, I know every song, every word. I mean, Ghostface Killer used to be my man. I loved him back in the day. <laughs> him and Dirty were my fucking favorite MCs back then. But that, again, I mean, that opened Method the door. Method Man is like one of my favorite voices in hip-hop. His flow and smooth oh, voice yeah, in general. Oh, yeah, nobody can like, fucking touch that. He could read the newspaper off, and I'd be like, yep, that was dope. <laughs> right on. So if you had to choose between Wu-Tang and, or Wu-Tang 36 Chambers and Wu-Tang Forever. 36. Yeah. Just, I like Forever more, and a lot of people argue with me on that. I'm not going to argue. Wu-Tang Forever is fucking an amazing album. I mean, there's not a bad song on that either. No. And there's not a bad song on 36 Chambers either, but... It's just, I just preference. I just prefer the other one more, yeah. like... It seems like they fell into their lyrical style more. Well, I just, man, when I swing through your town like your neighborhood spot, that shit, and Dirty's fucking flow, I'd never heard big. anything like that, dude. And I was yeah. like a little fucking Bo kid. Bo flow, you know? I've always called it. Drunken master flow. Yep. They were big comic book nerds, so... Fuck yeah. I remember uh, my grandma, she gave me $50 every Christmas to, like, order some shit, and... That year, that I was in seventh grade, I ordered the Wu-Tang game for the PlayStation, which had a couple of tracks on it that you could only get on it, a fucking fake gold Wu-Tang chain. Did you have the... And a Wu-Tang Forever t-shirt. Did you have the Wu-Tang controller that came with that game? Fuck no, I didn't even know there was a Wu controller. Yep. Damn. It's shaped like the W. It was for PlayStation. What the hell was the name of that game? Shadow Diagrams or something like that? Or Shaolin Masters? Style. Something, maybe Shadow Diagrams was an album. No, there were, that's an album, yeah, but... But it was something like that. Eight it was diagram. a fighting game. Whole eight thing. Diagrams is an album. I know that. But the game... But whatever, it had I'm its own controller. Shaolin style. Yep. Okay, I know which one you're talking about. And it about. was hard as a motherfucker. Yep. But everybody had their own style, which was really cool. Yeah, there was a special controller yeah. for it. I know it's worth some dough now. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. So they had like a huge influence on me. And that's, I wouldn't say, uh, I was more of like a hip hop head up until I got into hardcore. Skate videos, man. The first time I heard Atmosphere was on a skate video. You know what I mean? Uh, shit like that. And because of Wu-Tang. That's how I found Aesop you know, Rock. I th- and it's like, I'm not holding anything against like Dre. I like Dr. Dre, Tupac, that West Coast shit. But Wu-Tang cannot be touched lyrically. The art of flow and rhyme, they're fucking untouchable, man. And they and that's and how built I'm a glad huge, that that's what I... huge, empire right. upon all of that. Like fucking Wu-Wear and shit? Yeah. And they built, like, they paved the ground for a lot of that shit. You can buy fucking Wu-Tang shirts at Walmart. Now. Yeah, it's fucking you know crazy. crazy that is? Yeah, it's mind-blowing. All right, on to my second. I ended up adding hip-hop because I didn't have hip-hop, and I could have made them all hip-hop, but I tried not to. When did you When did you add this, sir? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when we were going to record. Dude, I know, I know. So my second pick was Nas Illmatic. And oh. one, this is probably top three of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time it's perfect start to finish and i'm not going to get into the huge breakdown of it but it had an all-star lineup of producers and as far as debuts go it was probably one of the best if not the best the first time i found Nas was bet when i was a kid i was always watching vh1 MTV, BET, and Headbangers Ball when it was on. At 106 and Park was like BET's TRL. I remember the video for One Mic came on, which is on Stillmatic, which came out in 01. But then AJ and Free, who were the hosts of the show, were talking about Illmatic on there. And we had a computer, and I was big in downloading shit because I couldn't always get the CDs or whatever. Like, my mom wouldn't buy me certain stuff. Dude. Wu-Tang Forever, I didn't know until I was an adult. That shit was 50 bucks. Yeah, so I would Google the track listing for, actually it was Ask Jeeves at that time. It wasn't even Google. And so I would ask Jeeves what the track listing was and got it and then would download it and compile it in order and burn the CD so I could actually have So much work back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Illmatic, I mean, I can recite literally, like you said, start to finish i could recite the whole thing and aside from the low end theory which i had on this list multiple times because that is my favorite hip-hop album of all time and it also introduced me to jazz so i had it on there because of that but i didn't find that until down the road illmatic i found earlier and that led me to find things like Wu-Tang and Miguel and Mob Deep and, you know, all the Queensbridge stuff that came out around that time. And then just being the way that I am reading into things, I would just figure out other artists. And I almost put the Slim Shady LP on here or the Chronic because I used to take, my uncle had the CD that lived with us at the time, and I would take my mom's tapes that she had and rip the CD to a tape so I actually had it, and then put it back in my uncle's room or whatever, give it back to him. You gotta do what you gotta do, (laughs) man. Um, So I almost put Slim Shady LP, but decided not to, just because I felt like Illmatic led me to more hip-hop than what Slim Shady LP did. Illmatic was when I started collecting records, and not even even before I got super serious. Nas was the first fucking album I you know needed to get. Yeah, it's and, a great album. Yeah, 
it's hard to I argue with against. Ryan Total. It's great from front to back, man. I don't know every word. I can't say that. I can't lie. <laughs> but I'd say three quarters. I could. Yeah. I could get you. I, there's some great stuff on there. I love that album. Yep. All right, number three. My number three. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. It's Converge petitioning the empty sky. You mean Blood Moon? No. <laughs> fuck no. We can do a whole episode on that too. I'm sorry. No. It sucks, but please buy the last copy that we have at the <laughs> record store. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that album, dude. When I put that on, and the saddest days, the first song on there. It, it's just, it's complete insanity. When I, when I was used to listening, you know, I was listening to Shut Down, Hate Breed, things of that nature, right? And because of like the Hate Breed, I was getting into a little more metallic stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, I listen to everything else, like popular shit, Metallica, Slayer, things of that. But like, Converge was something else, man. They do have a really particular style right and opened my mind to a lot of different styles of music um just it's just technically fucking amazing and it's groovy you have to kind of listen into it though to get that out of it oh yeah because if you just on the surface it just sounds like a dude screaming his head off exactly but if you actually give it some time to let the song build upon itself then you really do get that out of it yep there's a track on there where this an alarm clock's like, and then it breaks into the song. It's like annoying, you know, the, the alarm clock. But then you hear Jake scream, and it's like, fuck, man, that's beautiful, you know? Then, of course, from that, I'd listen to all kinds of different shit. That led me to black metal. That led me to... Converge led um, you to black oh, metal? Oh, yeah, dude, wow. all that shit. Fucking any kind of, like, metal, honestly, that's kind of where that came from was Converge. Because I mean, that I could was real see fucking how that would crazy happen. to me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that and makes sense. And I'm coming from, like, a, a punk rockish, hardcore yep. kind of background. Okay. Where, like, Warzones definitely has metal-influenced guitar. Yeah. But it's not, like, doing a bunch of wiggity-wahs, you know? There isn't... Yeah, Converge has some crazy guitar shit going signatures on and... Yep. Dude, it's just fucking nuts. And like you said, it you almost have to let it grow on you, but... You do, because well, the first time I ever heard Converge, right. I wasn't big on him. I was like, oh, it's just some dude screaming. There's not a whole lot to it. But then once you actually let a song grow, you're like, oh, fuck, this is sweet. Well, there's a song on there called For You. There's like a live version towards the end. Mm. And one of the lines in that is, you know, the dude goes to his uh, maker to ask him to be his savior. And the savior says, son, these holes in my hands are for you. There's something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And at that time in my life when I heard that, and obviously you had to read. You could not understand him at that point. It was a live album. And he's, if you listen to Converge and you hear him scream, you'll know what I'm talking about. But that line, uh, you know, struck a chord with me at a time in my life. That's kind of how I picked these albums. It was all, like Ryan said, mine were like, this is what introduced me to this, this, and this. Had the biggest impact on me, but also in my life. Like, listening to these the last week, I mean, just put a smile on my face because I haven't listened to this shit in so long. Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that I was going through that either made the list or was on the honorable mentions list right. that I hadn't listened to in forever, and it was awesome to go back and listen to it. And then... Some of it my kid was with me listening to, and he found some of the bands, and he's roughly the same age as I was when finding some of that stuff, so that's cool. Well, um, if anybody has a copy of Petitioning the Empty Sky on vinyl, I'll trade a copy of Converge's Blood Moon. I thought you had it. 
I do not have, I have a CD, sir. Uh, I think Converge repressed it not that long ago. Talk with me when you're done, or when we're done. <laughs> right I, on. I thought they repressed it I on don't. the website. I'll have to check. We'll check that out later. What's your number three? All right, number three, uh, Misfits Legacy of Brutality, which isn't actually a Misfits album. It's a compilation of some of their early shit that didn't come out really good enough for me man it's a disc and you know it had like she and static age and tv casualty hybrid moments some kind of hate angel fuck etc but a lot of that early shit didn't get released till later on like right anybody who's familiar with the misfits would know i also but struggled it happened with to the be misfit. i remember picking up that cd legacy of brutality and static age and I chose Legacy because I like the skeleton dude on the cover singing into the mic more. I follow you. And then she became, like, my favorite Misfits song. And I got that coffin box set one year for Christmas. Oh, with all that this shit? It had the four discs in it and the Bean Club pin and some other stuff. Yeah, that's dope. But it had all these different versions and recordings and demos of songs like she and other stuff and some of the demo versions i liked more and then i think if i remember correctly legacy of brutality had the demo version that i liked most yeah they have some fucked up versions yeah, on there that are either super super fast or it sounded like they were recorded in a campbell soup can <laughs> or whatever but i mean misfits were an iconic band they've probably led tons of people to this point to multiple different kinds of music that's another band that's crazy yeah how big that their are. shit is sold in walmart and like you the can get a pennies and ashtray stuff. at a shell gas station yeah and they were just some shitty punk band yeah. from new jersey from a dude that was five foot nothing and looked up to elvis <laughs> like, still does yeah he just put um, out a, an Danzig Elvis album. El- yeah. or Danzig sings Elvis. Yeah. And I actually, I like that he picked different songs on it, but uh, I don't know, man. He's Tra- getting a little, a little dated at this point, his voice. Mm-hmm. But Misfits led me to like Sex Pistols, Dead Kennedys, okay. Bad Brains, The Damned, Black Flag, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And see, I can't pick the Misfits in a top five because I heard the Pistols before that heard the damned before that but the first time i heard a misfit song was in a 401 skate video and it was um i turned into a martian yeah and that's been my favorite song song, like ever since astro zombies too is another song i like a lot kudos to skate videos for putting so much dope shit in their music videos that have brought a lot of people who watched them into that music like Atmosphere and Bad right. Brains and Aesop Rock and stuff like that. Yeah, that's definitely like your generation coming up on that stuff. Yeah, because when I would hang out at the skate shop here as a kid, Mr. Hamilton was always playing skate videos. Yeah. He'd pick up on the music videos because I was always writing the stuff down and going home and downloading it and checking it out. Fuck yeah. And this was like right when YouTube started. And there wasn't really a whole lot of shit on there, so you couldn't just YouTube anything and find it. Right, because people obviously weren't uploading everything at yeah. that time. So you would actually have to go... I used a program called Kazaa that came out before LimeWire. And Kazaa crashed my mom's computer <laughs> and she was pissed at me. 
because she had just bought like this family computer for me, her, and my sister, and I fucked it all up by downloading a bunch of music, <laughs> and at the time, they were pretty expensive. But then I went to LimeWire later on, and I would always, like, I had a weekly allowance that I would go to FYE and Camelot when they, whenever they switched because I wouldn't take my mom to concert connections. I'd go there by myself <laughs> right, just so she right. didn't see the place, you know? So I always had a weekly allowance to go to the FYE or Camelot and would just pick out shit based on that. And my mom was pretty cool about what she would buy me within reason. That's what's up. But when I couldn't get shit, I'd just be burning whole albums because, I don't know, even from an early age, I preferred listening to a whole album versus just a song oh most definitely yeah because you want to hear everything yeah there's a lot of people now that only listen to songs oh we're definitely in a you don't get albums singles era right now people don't have the attention span which Which sucks because if you have a good concept album yeah you miss out on the whole reason the rest of the story for the other than just the song that you're listening to and even if you don't have a concept album chances are the single wasn't meant to be the greatest song off of there just because it got exposed the most there are albums that have songs that were way bigger amongst the actual like Fans, the of, the fans of the group yeah, versus the, the single. Yep. That's kind of what Converge first song on that album did. It's like seven minutes long. And I mean, that helped my attention span. Because before, you know, listening to hardcore punk rocks, four minutes, it's over. Yeah, fuck, four minutes was a long yeah, song. And then, okay, so now on to number four. All right, my number four is Social D, Social Distortion. I'm sorry. Live at the Roxy. And I got a little story that goes with with that. At this time in my life, I was pretty much exclusively only listening to hardcore. Or a variation of hardcore. If it wasn't a variation of hardcore, fuck it. I don't want to hear it. It was kind of, you know, close-minded, I'll admit it. Every person goes through that shit. And then, I don't know, as you get older, you start to appreciate other stuff. But I remember a time of either only listening to hardcore or metal or hip-hop or whatever. And you branch off into other shit. Right. So so I'm hanging out with uh, our boy, uh, Fildo, and we're driving out to Rockport, which is... um, Hey, Phil, there. Yeah, what's listening. up? <laughs> um, we were driving out to uh, Rockport, which is off of 23 North. Uh, if you're from around here, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I'm sorry. It's but just it's, a big swimming area. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, snakes, of rocks, man. Anyway, so at this time, you know, like I said, I'm only listening to fucking hardcore, or like more metal type shit, angry fucking. And Phil was like, dude, you got to listen to this shit. And he put it on and uh, got to track four, which is uh, the song Prison Bound. That shit made me want to play guitar, gave me an appreciation for actual fucking songwriting. You know, it steered me in a completely different direction. It is a great album, but I hardly ever listen to it. Right. So it's just because I've heard it so much. that it's burned in my head. Yeah. But now that you bring it up, I kind of yeah. want to go back and hear it. Well, Mike Ness guitar tone is, I fucking love it. I mean, I had a 56 uh, copy Les Paul, like a gold top, like an Epiphone one, with some P90s just to try to get close to that shit. You know, that sound. It's fucking awesome. He played all that other shit. That's what he played as a Gretsch, right? No, he played a Les Paul. Played but didn't late. he have uh, I know his guitar looked pretty unique. It had that weird little band on the bottom that Gretsch usually has now. But I also haven't looked at a picture of him in years. As far as I know, 
He plays late 70s, mid 70s, Les Pauls with mini humbuckers, pops the minis out, puts P90s in because they fucking fit perfect. Mm. They're like custom wound and then maybe one or two pedals, but he doesn't tell anybody. So they're like spray painted um, gray or black and he's the only one that knows what the fuck they are. But anyway, so that led me into 60s rock. Like I went back into my classic rock. I don't have any classic rock. His influences. Right. Yeah. And I don't have any classic rock on my list because up here in northern Michigan, that is all that is played growing up. I mean, it's almost, like, I can't even listen to some shit anymore. Still almost all that's right. played. A lot of people, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just wish people would be like, okay, yeah, this is great. What else is there out there instead right. of just, yeah, Led Zeppelin's cool, and that's the only band for me. Right. Like, do something, I don't know, I think, listen to something else. It's like back in Black's been just out for a 40 band. fucking years, man. You'd yeah. think you would get worn out on it by now. But, you know, that's why I left all that off, because just being around it, it influences us we can't help it it's like it's there but it was cool because mike ness would be like you know i'm into ccr on the stones but so then it made it okay like... for me to be like oh the stones are cool and not have somebody be like fuck dude, that's not hardcore yeah the right fuck? right he did like some dusty springfield shit and other stuff that wasn't even necessarily rock too i know like on his covers albums the thing yeah i have under the influence too. and uh that, and cheating at solitaire under the influences of all covers cheating at solitaire is a mix and those are great albums as well but yeah they're more like country-ish and shit yeah which actually i like both of them so even though they were kind of twangy here and there right they did have a good sound oh dude too. i love um I, I can't listen to it anymore because i burned it out you know on kind of like i did live at the roxy but his first one definitely i didn't really want to put a live album on the list and i would have put white light white heat white trash but they have chuck biscuits on the drums who is from Danzig, you know? And I, to me, that's their best album. It sounds the best. But it's because of Chuck. I don't think that's a fair representation of how the band sounds. You know what I mean? Right. What about you, sir? What's your number four? I was just trying to decide on what to save for last. So my number four would be Morbid Angel's Domination, which was the first death metal CD that I ever remember buying, and I only bought it because I thought the band name was really cool. And they had a purple pentagram surrounded by, like, a bunch of lime green stuff. Lime green and purple are my favorite colors. So I was like, okay, cool band name, cool picture, cool colors. Yeah, that shit really pops. And that led me to, like, death and pestilence and obituary and a lot of heavier shit like that, being from the Florida area. But that was just such a grimy, dirty, sludgy metal album. Like, Where the Slime Live was just... I don't know, if you're a Morbid Angel fan, you know what I mean? I I can't really put it into words. It's just that was straight forward, straight cut death metal. And I love the whole album start to finish, some of the sounds that they had on there. Hate Work was the last track on the album, and it had all these cool, like, chimey, ringing organ things and sounded like people were in a cathedral beating the shit out of whatever they could to figure out sounds. Like scary in the headphones. Yeah. And I don't know, it just led me to that heavier sound of stuff versus like that, Ozzy Osbourne, right, uh, right, Metallica, Megadeth, and all that shit. I guess was my introduction to death metal, really. Now you just grabbed that on a like you just ran in, was you like remember that how, shit looks cool. You remember how they used to have the little things you could scan? 
Oh yeah, the and you could listen. You had the headphones on. You could check yeah. out the track. So I listened to the beginning of Dawn of the Angry, which I don't remember what track number it is uh-huh. off the top of my head, but it has just this ride hit that starts off the song and sounds like somebody is also hitting like a barrel or something for percussion, okay. and they're they're using it as that like a timer, and then it just kicks into this real heavy breakdown, and I immediately was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but, but I, I have it. to have it. And that's awesome. I, I listened to that song probably like 20 times before I actually listened to the album just because I was like that hit me that much that I was like I didn't know people could do shit like this like I hadn't heard stuff that sound up to that point and I don't know just that style of how sludgy and just dirty the album sounded which is why I liked Obituary Slowly Rewrought and like Pestilence's early stuff and Gore Guts and all those bands around that area that had that sound that just sounded dirty. That 90s Florida sound? Yeah. Like your Cannibal Corpse? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, all that stuff was, I mean, great bands throughout that whole area. Even now, a lot of these bands still put out music. I mean, Morbid Angel still does music. Every single album that they did was good, except they had one... That was like an industrial album. I don't know what was up with that. I didn't like it. Whatever. Did anybody like it? Not that I know of. (laughs) (laughs) Like, every Morbid Angel fan that I knew about stopped listening to that album. I can't remember the name of it because it had some weird... It wasn't in English. Okay. But then they later came out with When the Kingdoms Fall, I believe, was the album that followed, which was like quite a ways down the road. That album had the original band lineup. It was just fucking awesome, the whole thing. Back to the roots. Yeah, that's fucking rad, man. I still have that CD, actually. I've had it for I don't know how long. But it's starting to kind of flake away and not be usable anymore, but I still have it. I have a copy of Descendants, Everything Sucks, and a copy of Rancid's first album. Mm-hmm. The self-titled one. Both of those CDs have a crack in them, but I still can't throw them away. Yep. I got a bunch of old Kill Whitney Dead CDs that I can't play anymore because they're just beat to shit, but I won't get rid of them. It's hard to, man. They're expensive as hell to find the CDs, even now, if you want to get them. They're like 40 bucks per album. Jeez. And they were like 5 to 10 at the time. Yeah. Because they didn't sell too well amongst most people, aside from the following that the band had. I bought every one up till, I think I got the third or the fourth album and I stopped. And I know they did a crap load more. Yeah. Like, dude, I used to, they had this picture on the tribunal.com fucking website, uh. when, like back in the day. And like, I thought that they were legitly these fucking backwoods, long haired Louisiana metalheads that just come out of the swamp and fuck kick ass, you know? And then it turns out to be, it's just some nerdy dude. Who have used an obnoxious amount of yeah. samples, but it worked out. Like, oh, no, it yeah, well. it's great. It's fucking Kill genius. Dead led me to a lot of movies. All right, on number five. All right, I saved, uh, I saved this one for last because I can still listen to it over and over and over again, and it doesn't burn me out but it's uh, american nightmares background music they also go by give up the ghost at this time because they got sued for using american nightmare by some 
another band that had that name and i you know then they called their band give up the ghost and they finally gave it up and it's american nightmare once more but this is their first album and uh it's the writing on it's what gets me i think it's the best written i don't even want to call it hardcore you know what i mean it's it's more than that but because of american nightmare that led me into a more electronic type music like sisters of mercy um echo and the bunny men all that 80s kind of stuff even depeche mode which i listened to before but division and stuff Right. Yeah. And that was because of the lead singer. He had his band Cold Cave, which I was uh, slightly obsessed with a few years back. So that's kind of that's why that's on the list. And the lyrics on there are like fucking amazing. I actually don't know if I know that album or not. See, I got my own homework to do. Yeah, there you go. When we were going to do it originally, we were going to try to do this as just using songs. And I had a song from this album. And I had like three of them I kept changing and changing. They're, they're pretty depressing, honestly. But it, it, depressing in that, like, well, at least somebody feels like me too kind of way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And this poor bastard's like missing a hand. So he's, you know, way more fucked than I am. Is he just the singer or does he play yeah. other stuff? He's just the singer. Okay. And I didn't know then, if he like Def Leppard did it with the no. drums or something. And then in Cold Cave. Yeah, I think he just sings in that too. Lazy. <laughs> but no. Well, I mean, he's only got one so, hand. His name's Wes Isold. E-I-S-O-L-D, I believe. Anyway, I, I, I love his shit, man. His writing's fucking awesome. I could read you like a lyric or two, but one of the uh, lines that I would actually get tattooed on me is from a song called AMPM. And it's about how he, it's just like he does not want to fall in love and he sees this fucking beautiful chick and he's like, your eyes are the end. It's like, why? Get the fuck away from me, bitch. <laughs> you know? And he says it's like hard to breathe when you're around, but he says it in such a like. Yeah. Sad, Lyrics when you read them are always yeah. so much different than when they're in the context right of the song. Right, of the song, right. And uh, another one is. I OD'd on Lonesome 23 times. You'd think I'd fucking have died. It's just, it's fucking heavy shit, man. But again, it came at a time when I needed it. And uh, there's album after that could have been on this list. Love America, or Love American. They've done, they did a pretty kick-ass cover of Kick Out the Jams. Usually people slaughter it, but... It's a hard song to take and cover because it's such a good song to begin right. with. And they're the only ones that covered it where I was like, not bad. And I fucking love the MC5, man. That's another... Dude, I really wanted to put Iggy on here. and the, yep. Or just the Stooges. I toyed with... Man, I just... We could talk about honorable mentions all night. Yep. I'm going to keep it to myself in case this episode is fucking dope and people like it. Maybe we can come <laughs> back and do something different. Right. But, uh... Okay, and they're from Boston. Converge is from Boston. Wu-Tang from New York. You can say Staten Island, but they're from all over New York. Shutdowns from Brooklyn. So, all East Coast. I really wanted to put a local band on, you know, from our state. But then I thought, well, maybe we can do a Michigan thing down the road. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. So... Hopefully set up some interviews with some of the people that are still in that scene and doing stuff. Or people that were in it that have good stories or whatever. Right. So mine are uh, in order. Shut down against all odds. These are your honorable mentions? No, these are the albums that I... Oh, oh, the one through five. Gotcha. But they're not really in any order either. 
I just kind of, they just are what they are, but shut down against all odds. Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, Social Distortion, Live at the Roxy, American Nightmare, Background Music, and Converge, Petitioning the Empty Sky. In case anybody wants to check that out, uh, listen to that and try to figure out what's wrong with me. What's your number five? Uh, so I kept toying between two different albums by the same band, and I even wrote one or the other on here, but I only got to choose one, so I'm going to go with the one. So Cradle of Filth Midian is my fifth, and I remember my uncle showed me from Cradle to Enslave video when I was a kid, 12-ish, and it scared the ever-living shit out of me, but also intrigued me quite a bit, because they had these cool music videos that were kind of like a horror movie, but also a music video, and... As a kid, I thought Danny Filth had a bunch of surgeries and stuff and, like, these things or whatever that he activated in his voice to make himself sound all that oh, crazy. Oh, no shit. Because he would go, like, Super he's, got high. A, he's got a five-octave range, yeah. so he would go from these really high screaming belts to, like, this really low, like... and So, I don't know, I just thought he was no, this fuck. cool anomaly of a person that scared me but intrigued me as a kid. Because you don't know. Oh, definitely, dude. Their albums actually... still fucking scare me and intrigue me. And I remember the Midian album. The back of it had this girl that was like leaning up against a wall, and she had her hands on a wall or on her face, and her stomach was wide open as a shark's mouth, and then had a baby shark coming out of her, <laughs> and it was just creepy as shit looking. And I didn't, you know, when you see that, and you're like, it scares you. You know, I said that already, but it scares you and intrigues you. I had Cradle of Filth stuff all over my planner throughout junior high. I was really, really big into the band for a long time. And Nymphetamine came out, which was the other album that I was trying to either decide between. And it was a little bit slower and had all this piano work on it that I loved. Oddly enough, Cradle of Filth led me to, like, Alicia Keys and, like, Hazel Scott and piano because players of piano because shit. of that shit and oh, like I, I loved how just relaxing and calm and you know the the piano was so i would google piano players and people like that would come up so i'd check them out i wasn't like big into their music at the time i later appreciated it but i did like their piano playing right so i, I kind of but it was a weird transition to go from that to that Cradle of Filth also brought me to bands like Immortal and Dissection and Emperor and Demi Borger and, you know, know, uh, all the main black metal bands, which led me to the underbelly of black metal bands like Bathory and Dark Throne and the heavier stuff. Yeah, I love Dark Throne. Cradle, I, I came back around to Cradle. When Cradle was big, I didn't appreciate it for what it was, in all honesty. A lot of black metal people, black metal purists, I guess you could call yeah, them. Yeah, I was or one of those assholes for a minute. They hate him. Yeah. Just because, I, I, I was for whatever reason. They're like melodic black metal in a way. But if you go back to their early shit, it's pretty fucking, fucking it's heavy awesome, and dude. freaky. Yep. And I, it's gory. And I now I, you know, I listen to it, and it's like watching a horror movie, but you're listening to it. Yeah. And, yeah, that shit's a trip, man. His vocals are nuts. I remember when Danny Filth was on Viva La Bam. (laughs) They, like, took off the side of the wall of somebody's house to wake him up or something. I can't remember whose house it was. That was, like, the first time I seen him normal and not makeup and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck, he's a normal person. And he's, like, five feet tall. Yeah, it's the fucking (laughs) little dudes, man. He's a little tiny guy. Yep. 
So Cradle of Filth Midian, Hatebreed Perseverance, Nas Illmatic, Misfits Legacy of Brutality, and Morbid Angel Domination. And I'll save my honorable mentions so we could use those down the road, I suppose. Yeah, in case anybody wanted to check those out, too. Like we said in the beginning of the show, we could have done this so many different ways. It was really hard to narrow all that stuff down because... Things have such a different impact at different times. Like you might be going through some stuff and listening to something one time and it has an impact for that reason. Or it may have been the first time you heard something and it had an impact on you. Or I mean, you know, you could define it a million different ways. I did it the way I did just to keep my sanity and try to get the list out because it took me days of switching it to yeah. try to figure this shit out. Yeah, me too, man. Um, but yeah, that's all we have really. If you guys aren't aware of these albums or, you know, any new listeners who might be trying to find new music, and if for whatever reason you haven't heard any of this stuff, I would highly recommend to go check it out. Yeah, most definitely, man. This is uh, stuff that changed our lives at some point. Maybe it'll change yours. Maybe. I feel like we could have done one just on jazz, too, really. Yeah. And And hip-hop, and, you know, I could have broken down into categories. Maybe we'll do future episodes with that or something. Yeah, we should, man. We could do every genre. Yeah, all right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week for the next episode. And checking our stats daily, I just want to point out that we're at over 100 downloads for the last three episodes that have come out. So thank you, everybody who's listening. Share it with your friends, your people, anybody that you might think would be interested in what we're putting out. Uh, It is really appreciated, though, to everybody that's taken the time out of their day to listen. So thank you from both of us. And peace out.